Hello, Cameron. I'm going to ask you the classic interviewer podcasting question that um, that just always incites fascinating discussion. How are you? This is not what I find fun. I just want to fight people. Um, so, so screw you, everybody else. <laughs> okay. Cool. It is season six, episode five of the Whales Are Whales podcast. Cast. I am your host, Brian, and joining <laughs> me is Cameron. Hello, Cameron. Hello, Brian. How, how so, be th- beeth you? I realized something really cool. If we continue this numbering scheme for the episodes, uh-huh. and we are never late in recording them, uh-huh. I can look at what month it is and know the episode number. Well, technically it's June, though. Oh, it's not June. It's well, it's, 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 I'm saying it, oh, when it's, recording, because we always record the prior... You're right. Right now it is June, Cameron. You're breaking the illusion, or wait. I'm breaking the illusion. Is it June, um, though? Uh, it will be June when this comes out. When this comes I'm out. Not- okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. We, we, hey, guys, did you know that we pre-record podcasts? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually funny. I've been listening to a podcast recently who normally pre-records it, but now they're doing it live because they're doing Twitch stream with the mm-hmm. quarantine and all that, and... The host keeps saying, like, it's uh, Friday, even though I guess it's Thursday, because that's when we're recording this. He's having a very hard time getting his mind around the fact that it is no longer uh, pre-recorded. And uh, fortunately, I never say the day anyway. So. Right, because we don't really particularly have a set day we put stuff up on. We just we just, we just <laughs> try to keep to a month's schedule. Right. Sometime I during to, this month, yeah. we have an episode out. <laughs> and leave it to us to do it on literally the 31st. Did we have month. an episode up in May, or did it come out in April? May 1st. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I will probably get this up tomorrow, and we will Sweet. have June 1st. Anyway, that, that said... I can always just look at what the uh, the month says, and that will be the episode number. So long to be our never. Will late. you remember uh, that for next time? No, I'll probably just look it up and then say the wrong thing. And I then be like, funny. "Oh my gosh, I forgot to yeah. I forgot to think about the month it was." Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so funny. Yeah. Wait, uh, what? <laughs> it's not a, it's not a joke. I know, but I will think it's funny. Yeah, that's true. You would. Every time I flub the intro, I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway. Hello, Cameron. I'm going to ask you the classic interviewer podcasting question yes. that um, that just always incites fascinating mm-hmm. discussion. How are you? Good. Oh, okay. Cool. Good. Good topic. Cool. Um, how are you? <laughs> Pretty good. Cool. Yeah, that's nice. So, are you? Are you? Is your business open at all yet? Yeah. Um, it is basically we've gone back. We have some like hygiene procedures, but we're back to accepting anyone who will book, which is currently not very many people, but, uh, but more than zero. It's more than zero. We are slowly coming back online um, and just kind of waiting and seeing where it happens. But yeah. OK, well, that's a, that's a good start. So it's going to be like an inverse with you because you're going to basically stop working as we start working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 90 percent of the students are already gone. Um. And then I have a little bit, a teeny bit of extra work and some stuff I want to do over the summer. Like I want to reinstall Mac OS on all of the Mac computers on campus, you know, stuff, stuff like oh. that. But, um, yeah, but yeah, in general, it basically, um, work is done for me. So the, the, the yeah. three month vac- quote unquote vacation that everyone else has had this past couple of months, I get a three month mm-hmm. vacation now. Um, oh, Hey, very nice. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually curious it, when you say reinstall Mac, is that like the our Apple computers like the main computer of the campus? No, we have a Mac lab. Um, oh, okay. It's mostly used for yearbook and for uh, our video editing class and for our digital media class. Um, yeah. But the rest of the computers, like 
the the computers that the teachers have are all Windows computers, just because they're easier to yeah. pile, you know, compile parts together and build a computer right. that runs Windows. Right. Um, but the the Macs in the Mac OS lab, or in, in the the Macs in the Mac lab, are they're slower than they they should be, and so I'm just gonna right. nuke them and and reinstall from <laughs> scratch. Do they run the most uh, like current? OS or how does that work? Yeah, they do. Um, the you know the the issue is, and it's it's what I've been learning um more and more recently. And I was even backed up with this statement by the fact that consoles are doing the same thing. Um, I'm trying mm-hmm. to get solid state in every computer on campus. Um, hard right. drives not only are they just slower than dirt, they are also yeah. they're the ones that we you know the computers that are on campus are about five or six years old. And mm-hmm. at this point, that's when hard drives start to stop working very well. And so every computer really? on campus is just so slow. But you stick yeah. a solid state in there and suddenly this old this six year old hardware is like super snappy and zippy and it's amazing. Yeah. So so none of that expensive this either. Is probably a dumb question, uh-huh. but I'm going to do it because I don't know the answer mm-hmm. for hard drives. Do they degrade over time or with use? So like. Mm-hmm. For example, would Both. be using your hard drive constantly, like your operating system is installed on it, would that wear the hard drive out quicker than just passively storing data on it that you only access every once in a while? If a hard drive is powered on, even if it's okay. not being used, like if you have a hard drive on your computer that you never touch the data on, it is still wearing down. Um, okay. what, what wears down in hard drives is the lubricant. Um, mm. It literally just... That's ev- why you hear that weird grinding noise? Correct, when it- yes. Oh, eventually, the lubricant literally just evaporates. And so if it has wow. power going to it at all, um, it will eventually right. evaporate. Now, you can unplug a hard drive and store it for a lot longer, but it will right. still, it still eventually will... store data. Well, it yeah. will still eventually dehydrate the, the lubricant. Um, um, hard drives um, only, I think, have like a maximum of, of 10 to 15 years of, of life. So you can't just re-lubricate it? Is that like not an easy thing to do? No, you need to, ha- you need to be in a clean room to open a hard drive um, ah. because they're vacuum sealed. Um, right. And they are, if you get any amount of any sort of particles in there, you'll just destroy the whole yeah. bladder. Um, so, so it's basically, another- if a hard drive dies, it's not even worth it to, re- right. to repair it. What, here's another hard drive question then. So I basically understand how like processors work, which is just an ex- extremely complicated series of transistors and gates, right? Like yeah. a bunch of zeros and ones. Correct. What is a hard drive doing? Storing those zeros and ones. So is it like, is it also transistors? Or no. Um, how is so it storing them? Like an actual physical hard drive is, it's got, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the same as a CD, essentially. It, it okay. uses, it uses plates um, uh-huh. and it, and it, it writes it writes zeros and ones onto the plates and then reads them back at high speeds. Um, wow. But I believe CDs make physical divots. Um, mm. Like you, like if you had a yeah. magnifying glass, you could zoom in far enough and see the little divots. It's not actual zeros like and ones. Like a record, it's, it's, like a vinyl. Yeah, exactly. But I, I'm pretty sure the magnetic plates in hard drives are not, but I could be uh, wrong. So, so okay. don't, so don't, so Edgar Allen, the only one who's yeah. listening to this, don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> and the difference with SSDs is it's, it's completely digital. Um, it's okay. like, it's like a flash drive. There's a chip inside of them and the chip stores uh-huh. the data, uh, digitally. And that's why completely. it's so much faster. You're not having to wait for any physical process. To happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. it's, it's just basically cool. instantaneous. It doesn't have to, it's like a floppy disk or sorry, a tape cassette. It's like, if you, if you needed to store something on a tape, you have to right. read through the tape. You have to spool through right. it. Similar. Dude. It's the same as the hard drive. You have to spool through a hard drive. It just is way faster, but then well, that, s- solid state is instant. That made me think of that awesome uh video that uh rand miller was talking about how they made mist the original mist mm-hmm. and he was talking about how they literally had to like 
make sure that when you were in a given like world in that game, it was physically near like they would put a whole world physically near other parts of that world on the disc so that it would load faster. And I'm just like, these considerations are ridiculous that you well, had to make with this early you know, computing hardware. You might be surprised that they still do that. Um, I yeah. read an article about why Call of Duty, um, the new Call of Duty, uh, whatever it's called, Modern Warfare, is so freaking big because it's like 200 gigabytes at this point. Yeah. Um, and the reason is because every single um, console uses slow ass hard drives, and so literally. It's, they're copying the data. Well, no, they're they're duplicating the data. So let's say you have. That's what I mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So let's say you have a map that you use in both multiplayer and single player, right? Uh huh. You would. They want to have that map in both places so it can access it quicker. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of oh being, instead of having the one copy of the map and the disc reads it when it needs it, because yeah. it's so slow, it. If the hard drive is spinning up on the single player side of the hard drive, it doesn't have time to go all the way over to where the multiplayer map is stored. So they copy the whole data and put it next to the single player data. And so so, we need to phase out hard drives. Completely. Hard (laughs) drives are are the worst. And honestly, solid states are not much more expensive anymore. Now, if you want like a two terabyte solid state, sure, that's expensive. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. you can get a 120 gigabyte solid state for like $20 now. And it's, yeah, and it'll at run least your OS. to run your OS on, you're yeah. good to go. Yeah, Absolutely. that's how I do. I think I have a. Actually, I can pull it up here. Uh, what is my hard drive situation like? I've got. Oops, sorry, bumped my microphone there because I was having to lean in to reach my mouse here. Uh, what do we got? So I've got my main uh solid state where my OS is running off. It's a 250 gigabyte solid. State. Yeah, there you go. And that's um, like my main thing. And then plugged into that, I've got a one terabyte for my games mm-hmm. and then a 500 meg, which is like my previous computer. So it's like all my extra files and stuff that I don't right. want to install on the SSD. Yeah. And then now there's even a new standard, too. Um, it's it's called they're called M.2s, which is what I got. And so hmm. solid state, of course, the regular solid state hard drives run through SATA, which is the same thing hard drives run through. Yeah. yeah. But the, the M.2 is plugged directly into your motherboard. And I think they have a faster interface. Um, oh. and so I get, and I have that as my, I have a hundred or I have a 150 gig one. Um, and it, it, th- it's fast. Like my computer boots, ex- yeah. in- excluding the BIOS posting, my computer is on my desktop in about two seconds. It's, it's crazy. So is that like the same thing that a network adapter or a, uh, graphics card would plug into, or is it a different kind of port that it's a different port? Um, it's, it's okay. a, it's, it's proprietary for specifically for data. I, I don't know the specifics mm-hmm. about it. Because I know your right. graphics card, your network card, plug into PCI Express, which is yeah, very, very, yeah, yeah. very, very, very fast. Um, right. But we, we literally haven't even tapped the full potential of the PCI Express slot, which is like right. ten years old. Um, <laughs> um, but but the yeah the yeah. M dot two I believe it, it's a little teeny tiny uh slot that is right. is on newer motherboards. Um, if you oh. buy a motherboard made in the last four three years, you'll probably have a slot for it. Right. Right. So. Um. So yeah, th- this that, was that, um, so, thank you for joining my TED talk. Uh, this was uh, no. <laughs> introduction to, to, to storage on to, computers <laughs> to storage. Yeah. So, no, you need to, you know, if it's a TED talk, you need to end with some grand emotional broad. Like, and that's point. why the president is bad. Oh, no. Oh, original. <laughs> Very original. I like it. <laughs> but the great thing is it'll be evergreen because you can always it can be any president. Yeah. Whatever you listen to. That it, was it a apply. timeless statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Other question, what do you do for backing up? Because you made me think a little bit here that I mentioned I have that one hard drive that was from my previous computer. That's probably getting close to five to six years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Should I be concerned about the data on there? And what do you what do you do for backing up? Well, I'm- funny, funny you mentioned that because 
And funny, you earlier you were like, "That is that the clicking sound that hard drives sometimes make?" My yeah. hard drive started to make that sound because I realized my my two terabyte uh, storage is ten years old. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, I didn't realize how old it was, but I suddenly, I, I when I when I start to open up my folders on my terabyte or my two terabyte, I start to hear yeah, and I'm like, oh. So I I had to I had to do the same thing. I had to start to look into storage, and at first I was like, well, I could buy another hard drive, but I don't wanna. <laughs> um mm-hmm. and I don't want to that's that's going to be a, it's going to be a pain in the butt to copy over. I probably should just eventually I'm probably just going to do it, but I was mm-hmm. thinking cuz it was kind of a panic moment of like, oh my god, I thought it might be dying right now. Um I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I started to look online for some like uh some cloud storage solutions. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and I didn't want to pay the big bucks for like I don't need to back up 2 terabytes of Steam games. I can just re-download those. Right. Um, and so I, I kind of did some research onto what specifically I would really like to save and I like my photos, yeah. my podcast files, my, my, my music files. Um, and right. that added up to about 200 gigs of, um, of stuff I needed to save. And mm-hmm. so I just, uh, I paid Google $3 a month for 200 mm-hmm. gigabytes and I just backed it all up there for now yeah. until I can find a That's- better solution. That's about what I'm doing. Stuff that's important to me or I need to share, I'm putting into a Google Drive. And uh, I I run Google Drive so that it also syncs locally to my computer. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily saving me storage, but it is that if my hard drive dies, it's it's duplicated. So yes, that's that's what I'm I doing as well. It's, the new hard drive. it's basically yeah. a duplication. Um, And right. it'll save me some time when... Plus, I have really yeah. fast upload speeds, so it took like an yeah. hour to upload two gigabytes. I think gigabytes. the biggest... I think the biggest thing taking up, I mean, obviously games, but because of how cloud services work, you can plug and play that pretty easily and have some stuff installed and uninstalled. So that's nice and easy. Probably the biggest consistent thing is, for me is music mm-hmm. that I I probably have about 150 to 200 gigabytes of music at this point. Um, of of MP3s? I think so. So Maybe you know, that's, that's very interesting because I have, you know, back back in the early decade and previously, yeah, uh, I I had a huge MP3 collection. Most of them were pirated. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, but yeah. I, I I prided myself in my a big giant MP3 collection. But then as streaming became more and more prevalent, and I like there was a, there was a, there was a turning point where I was paying for Apple Match. Was that what it's called? Where it yeah, where it, I'm still paying for that. Yep. Yeah, but it it got to a point where I realized that I was mostly just streaming from YouTube. Uh, well, from YouTube Music, not from YouTube specifically, but. I was yes. paying for YouTube Premium and getting YouTube Music, and I was I realized that I was basically never using Apple Match anymore. I was just playing music yeah. from the streaming service, so I canceled Apple Match. Are you not at that point yet? So I am at that point for for most um for most music. Like mm-hmm. uh a lot of the stuff I listen to, yeah, is just streamable. However, video game soundtracks, that is the reason I think is so <clears throat> I have tons and tons of video game soundtracks, and only a small percentage of them are for for one yeah a lot of them aren't acquired legally because it's some of them are like literally rich mm-hmm, from games mm-hmm. um and for two only a couple companies like sega and um i think namco really jumped on the like putting it on apple music but even then it tends to be like you buy the album it's not like on the apple music subscription so video game mm-hmm. soundtracks are very very underrepresented in in stream yeah that's totally fair um and i i realize i have a couple of things like uh that that are this are very similar in the sense that I have to go listen yep. to the actual physical MP3 to be able to listen to them. Um, yep, yep. And so I've got I, I checked it. it's about 150 gigabytes. Of okay, 
just stuff. So yeah, that's uh, also soundtracks up on Bandcamp from people like the Mercado Bros and mm-hmm. people I know personally that aren't streaming and stuff like that. It, it definitely starts to add up, uh, especially since like with music, it's like, well, I like this one song from this RPG. Let me download the soundtrack. Oh, it's a hundred tracks. Oh well, <laughs> I guess I have all of that music now. Mm-hmm. Um, it can get uh, video game soundtracks are 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 not like, oh, you get it and it's twelve tracks. They tend to be very um. <laughs> That tends to be a lot of music, even if you don't listen to all of it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was actually thinking, and I'm now curious, how many in in the in the day and age of subscription services, how many mm. subscription services are you subscribed to? I recently cleared out a few, actually, just last week, some stuff I wasn't using a lot. But let me see if I can run through by memory um, and see what I got here. Well, I've got the iTunes Match thing, which is what 25 a year. It's yeah, something um, like that. But that's basically, you know, Apple Music. So I have Apple Music. I do you, wait, do you have Apple family. Music as well? Yeah, yeah, I do. Both. Okay, you, so you um, use Apple Music for your music Apple Music service. is my streaming thing. I do everything through iTunes. Okay, um, because even I with your Android. <laughs> I, it, uh, hey, you, there's an Apple Music app for my Android. Yeah, I'm that's like, cool. cool. Yeah, I've never found a comparable music service. I don't love iTunes. Like, they're starting to not support it very much. And mm-hmm. it's very slow to search for things because mm-hmm. it's searching through 200 gigabytes of music. I understand it's not super well optimized, mm-hmm. but like, I don't see an alternative that like people like Spotify and stuff, but it just doesn't quite have the same features. So anyway, yeah, Apple Music's one. Um, trying to think other other subscriptions I have, like I use my parents Netflix account. Mm-hmm. I actually split Apple Music with a bunch of my family, so it's nice and cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, the Nintendo account, uh, yep. Nintendo online or whatever. I don't think I have Xbox Live at this point. You have Game I, Pass, though. Do you, well, we, we turn that on and off. I don't know if we have that on right now. Okay. Um, we got like a month for a dollar and I think it's, so you know, expired. the, you know, the plan with that, right? How you, how you, how you game that? No. Um, so, and this is not actually a game. They intend for you to do right. this. So if you pay for however much gold you want. So like if you mm-hmm. pay for a year of gold for $60 or two years of gold for 120 mm-hmm. or however much, then you go and upgrade to game pass. It'll only charge you a dollar per month. It'll convert your gold into game pass with gold for a dollar a month that you are converting so like if you have 12 12 months of gold you pay 12 dollars and upgrade that to with game pass okay so basically game pass comes free with gold yes basically basically essentially free essentially so there's there's not much point in getting game pass and not getting gold Right. If you have and if you okay. if you happen to want gold and Game Pass, that's the absolute best option. And even even is- if you don't, honestly, yeah. like Game Pass is still yeah, exactly uh, still not that much more expensive than gold. So just buy the gold and then add on, t- on top of that Game Pass. Right. OK, I'll keep that in mind when we when we re up for that. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's that. Yeah, we didn't have Game Pass active more often than not. I don't think I do anything Sony right now. Um, don't do like the humble thing or or any PC stuff. Mm. Let's see other subscriptions that I have. I knew Amazon like Prime apps. probably. Uh, absolutely, Amazon Prime. Yep, which which rolls into Twitch. Not currently paying for WoW or any MMOs or anything. Um. Oh, I do a. There's a guitar tab app uh application I really like. Ultimate like guitar. Yearly, yeah, like twenty yep. bucks a year or something. What do they get? They what do you s- get with it? Just a, like pro tabs, which are these really interesting tabs that are like fully laid out in MIDI and oh, shows each MIDI. instrument part and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of like That's really cool. interesting stuff they have. Um, but yeah, I paid for that. And then there's a, actually a guitar chord app I found that I really like that has like a massive library of every like possible permutation of every chord you could think of on the guitar. And I oh. pay them like 10 bucks a year or something. So there are a couple apps like that. Apps are normally really cheap, though, where it's either like 20 bucks a year or dollar or two a month which mm-hmm. is kind of nice 
Uh, let's see if there are any other current ones I have. Do you play for on. Disney Plus? I bet. I did. Well, I never watched it, but I was I was splitting it with Steven because he was watching a bunch of stuff on that. And mm-hmm. every once in a while I'd watch something, but he just finished. So I'm canceling that. OK. Um. Uh, I think that's it. What about you? Any any you would add to that? Um. The, the ones I'm paying for myself um, are YouTube premium, which I think is a, a fantastic freaking deal. Um. It comes with YouTube music, right? It, yeah, exactly. And it's not like a, you know how Amazon has like the Amazon music, which is like a crappy version of their premium music service that you get for free with Prime. Um, it's, yep. it's not that. It's actually full on like Spotify, but YouTube. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, I get ad free YouTube, which I watch a lot of YouTube. So, right. um, so getting ad free YouTube is already worth the $10 a month. And then also getting my music streaming service of choice for f- basically yep. for free. And I'm grandfathered in because YouTube Red originally used yes. to be $10 yes. and now premium is 14, but they let you keep your $10 a month if you didn't oh, cool. cancel. So yeah, I, I, it's I a also crazy love, like, deal. The, there are some great family plans. YouTube Red had that and Apple has that where you get like four people on for 15 mm-hmm. bucks a month and like yeah that that is very good like yeah subscription services right now are very generous i'm worried that it can't stay that way long term no. but there are some very good subscription services out there currently it's all gonna collapse um, <laughs> movie pass was a great microcosm of what is going to happen to every other subscription service yeah um, yeah absolutely yeah unless something changes like, that was yeah. I, I actually used movie pass that was insane yes that was, it that was, was the most in like i walked i just walked into a movie theater for free like mm-hmm. seven times in a week like yeah <laughs> what it's like it's not a business the, model the, man the crazy thing about movie theaters is like you know we're, we're used to being able to get stuff for free but the, the little secret about netflix and all these things is they're digital services and digital services are extremely it, cheap very cheap a movie theater is a physical place with employees that are they're having to provide so getting that for free seemed insane it well, yeah and it was uh, it went bankrupt <laughs> yes and it yeah it was pretty shady what they started doing there uh later on so yeah <laughs> um um and then i'm yeah, I'm, looking, I'm paying for game yeah. pass um right now we were originally it was really cool because if you me and my friend are doing that home console sharing thing um yeah. where yeah where you you switch consoles you switch home consoles so you share each other's games and so we always buy like i'll, I'll get this game this month you get that game next month and that's been pretty mm-hmm. cool but used to also share game pass um and now right. it doesn't <laughs> i mean yeah. it technically does what, what what how it works is he has game pass and so he can technically download a game and it automatically downloads right. to my console but i can't actually choose to download any games he has to do it for right. me and i was like all right i'll just yeah. buy game pass whatever um yeah and then um yeah. i'm stealing netflix by stealing i mean i'm borrowing netflix from my parents i'm yeah i'm on my my parents amazon prime because I, I we were actually splitting amazon prime and i said I don't want to pay for this anymore. I don't care about Amazon. She's like, okay. Yeah. And then she goes, oh, I'm still going to pay for it. So you just want to go on yeah. my account. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. not going to say no to that. I think that's maybe what I did with Netflix. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I pay for Nintendo's online thing because I want to play Animal Crossing. Uh-huh. Um, and then those turnips. after that, I think that's about it. Oh, we got a free year for, with Disney Plus from mm-hmm. Verizon. Hmm. um i'll probably okay. cancel that at the end of the year trial because i just don't yeah. care um yeah okay i've got a few others here uh my my gym subscription not really an online service mm-hmm. but i guess that counts um also i i finally paid for a year of um giant bombs premium thing just because i wanted to support them oh, okay and cool. i hadn't bought that in the past and they're having a sale so i have that on there but that i just paid for a year at a time 
Um, oh, I recently signed up for a really cool music app um, called Hook Theory, and it's it's pretty interesting. Definitely look into it if you're if you want to look at songwriting again. But it basically is a way to like create um, chord progressions and save chord progressions and stuff. And so like you can oh. say, I want to create a song in like C Mixolydian and it'll show you these are the chords in C Mixolydian. And you can oh. say, well, I want to make a flat seventh um, or like a, a major 11 chord with a flat nine. And they're like, okay, this is what it would sound like. And you can oh. add in little beats and instruments. And so like it works really well for my brain, which has blank page syndrome. And so oh. having that little bit of structure, but it's super powerful too. So I made like a bunch of songs. What is it called? Hook Theory. Hook I think you'd really enjoy it. Theory. Oh my God. That, so you literally just described, oh, it's expensive. Um, you literally just described it apparently on, it's, uh, there's two apps. There's Hook Theory 1, Hook Theory 2, and they're $15. Sorry, those are the books they sell. Hook Pad is the app. Hook Theory is the company. Hook Pad. I so think. what are the t- what are the two? Okay, Hookpad has nothing on the App Store. Oh, it, I use it on my PC. I don't know what it looks like on phone. Oh, okay. I thought I was just thinking look up a... look up hooktheory.com. Okay, cool. And you'll find it. Um, yeah, yeah. That's my biggest issue is that I'll find a cool mm-hmm. chord that I like, and then I'm like, yeah, I don't know what this what goes it? with. And what? Well, luckily, yeah. GarageBand tells you what chord you're playing, which is really cool. Oh, cool, um, cool. Even if you play a random garble gunk of mm-hmm. notes, it still is like that's a G seven fourth major to the third, yeah. ninth to the eighth, and that's I'm like, awesome. cool. Um, but then I don't I don't know what to do after that. I'm like, this is an amazing chord mm-hmm. I want to use, but I don't know what chords go with it, so I give up. Right. No, <laughs> um, it's so that super sounds cool. cool. So it'll show you what chord it goes with it'll show you what uh you can play like midi on top of it and it'll show you all the notes that are that melodies that would go in that scale but then it lets you break those rules it lets you borrow chords from other scales and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so what i love about the tools it doesn't feel like it's limiting me but it's also telling me the rules because i haven't i'm learning some basic music theory but i didn't like go to college for music theory i don't have a super firm understanding of how it all works so i'd love to do that because i was learning a bunch of chords and stuff but it was hard to keep it all in my head and being able to like say oh that's what a four chord sounds like Mm -hmm. after a five chord like i'm 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 matching visual knowledge to what's in my head and Mm -hmm. so it's been it's been really really neat i think it would help you a lot as someone who has a similar problem to me in creating music whole cloth cool Um, yeah i'll try it out yeah definitely check it out Um, is there a trial yes i'm pretty sure yeah try for free yeah yeah, yeah. i did the trial and i'm like i am absolutely paying you five five bucks a month Um, (laughs) so yeah so that's that's been a cool one and of course i pay for the whales or whales um site oh yeah uh, squarespace site how much does that cost like 15 bucks a month a month yeah Stephen and i split it i didn't realize it's a little pricey yeah because wordpress was like ten dollars a year <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's a little pricier on squarespace and then we have another squarespace site for uh for threescapes uh which mm. we actually have a release date um uh-huh. with our composer and everything um we're just waiting for his soundtrack to be up on spotify so that they release in uh it releases alongside so you're the fi- you're basically finished with the actual thing we are done. It is ready to go, and it I, if I remember correctly, it should be like noon on Wednesday. We cool, man. We should be launching, so. Yeah, very, very excited about We should have a listening that. party. You're right. We, yes, let's absolutely do that. That'd be super cool. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, you know, so, I have free time. <laughs> um. Oh, so, I hey. I think that's all the subscriptions, though. Okay. Uh, did, did we want to... I had another th- idea um, do in, it. To, to talk about if we wanted to move on from subscription services. Um, yeah. Oh, one more. I, I also do the Google storage thing. I have like oh, two yeah, terabytes so with them or something. I pay... Ridiculous. You pay you, you you buy two terabytes? I think I do. Oh, wow. I just buy 200 gigabytes. It's like $3 a month. 
Mine is also similarly cheap. I don't know why it's so much storage space. Let huh. me see how much it is. 2.1 terabytes, yeah. Wow. I and I, oh yeah, I also pay Apple a dollar a month for 50 gigabytes of backup for my yeah. iPhone. Yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. Cool. makes sense. Um I wish they would get some good native apps uh, Apple for Windows cuz I would use I would use their storage solutions way more often if iCloud wasn't garbage on Windows. Um Right. But uh okay, so uh, I wanted to tell you about something cool I me and my friends are doing. Um, okay. We had this weird idea. Well, we didn't have a weird idea. We were watching a speed run of Dark Souls. Um, and we were like, wow, this is so cool. Um, and we thought about, he, he died a few times, but we were like, I asked my friends who are way better at Dark Souls than me. They're like masters at Dark Souls. Like, how would a no death run in Dark Souls look like? And he, and, and the one really good, the, the better one at Dark Souls friend goes, oh man. And it's doable. I've I've gotten pretty far before, but it's really hard. And I was like, well, we we were thinking about trying to play a game together, um, but there's not really a game we want to play consistently together often. Um, but maybe mm-hmm. we could maybe we could think of a challenge um, like this, like a no death run. He's like, hmm, okay. And so he's like, well, I could do a no death run of Dark Souls three. And the other friend goes, I could do a no death run of Dark Souls one. And I said, I hate Dark Souls. Um, and they're like, oh yeah, true. So what could you do a no death run in? Um, and do you want to you want to take a guess as to which game I chose to try to do a no death run in? Okay, uh, Resident Evil Four. That was that was my first consideration, actually. Yes, um, <laughs> and th- but they said that was going to be too easy because I knew I knew it so well, and it was actually yeah. fairly easier compared to Dark Except Souls. Except for that darn part where the what is it? You have to pull push the lever in the castle, and the guys at the sides are coming yeah, at you. Yeah, that's pretty miserable. Yeah. Um, but the um, thing okay. is, with that well, game, it, it's cheesable mm-hmm. to a point where I could yeah. absolutely not die if I played played carefully enough. Half Life Two. Uh, nope. Um, continue with those games that you're thinking of, though. <laughs> Mario World. Nope. But the the next one should be your the correct guess because you've gone through oh. all my favorite games except oh, for one. Oh no, this is just except for where one. I was running out. Oh, you've missed a big the... one. You missed a huge one. I have tattoos of it. it Destiny. Yeah. There you go. Oh, like the campaign original. Well, so he, we had to set some rules because um yeah. there was some nebulousness in that, and this is Destiny One, by the way, not Destiny Two. Okay. Um. Because I just like Destiny one better. Um, it was I had to do all of the vanilla campaign missions, all of the right. Dark Below campaign missions, all of the House of Wolves campaign missions, but not Taken King or Rise of Iron. So, okay. um, and then I had to do all the strikes in those expansions, and I had to finish it with a solo Nightfall, which is gonna be just the worst. <laughs> um, but we were talking about raids. But if you fail that solo nightfall, you have to start over for mission one. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, oh, no. And so we had an amazing time last night. I was in uh, we, oh. I was in a good mood. We, all my friends were in a good mood. It was, it, it, we were all having fun. It was, it was actually one of, it was one of those days where I, I actually felt okay. Um, and so it was yeah. just an amazing night. And so wow. one, the one friend started off on Dark Souls. It was, it was Evan and Ryan. You know their names by now. Um, yeah, yeah. Evan started off on Dark Souls 1, Ryan started off on Dark Souls 3, I started off on Destiny 1, um, and then Ryan is amazing at Dark Souls, he's ridiculous, and so he's just, he's, you know, me and Evan are playing super carefully, we're, we're taking our time, we're like, you know, yeah. shooting one enemy at a time if we can help it, we're not doing anything risky, and Ryan's like, <laughs> just running forward and not dying still, doing amazing. And so Evan dies first, and then Evan dies second, and then Evan dies third, and then Evan dies fourth, and then Evan dies fifth. Oh. Um, what is he having so much trouble with? He just Dark Souls is hard. Oh uh, man, yeah. he got killed by the Capra Demon. He got killed by the Capra Demon again. He got killed by the by a couple of random enemies a few times. He fell off a cliff one wow. time. Um, and then I died. I got to 
um, the moon, the second mission on the moon, and I died. Wow. Um, and then I, on my on this next playthrough, I'm still alive. I got I don't know if you remember much of the vanilla Destiny story, but I got a bit. I got to the second mission on Venus. Okay. I've completely beaten Earth. I've completely beaten the moon. Um, what I did was I I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm playing as a warlock with self res. Um, ah. But I don't have it unlocked yet. The problem is it's a really late game ability that takes yeah. a while to unlock. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to grind out bounties to try to get it unlocked. Because basically, once <laughs> I get self-res, I think I'm in the clear. As long as I play very safe, always have my super up, and when I use it to come back to life, I hide and wait for it to come back. I should uh, technically never die. Always um, have the second try. Yep, yeah. Yep. Um. So, but it's interesting because my game is not actually terribly hard. I mean, it's hard, but it's not super hard, but it's long is the problem. Um, Well, their games are not terribly long. They can beat them in probably 10 hours or less, but they're hard. Um, And so we think we we struck a pretty good balancing act of like um, difficulty versus length, um, especially because the games are so different. But we had a really good time. And Ryan Uh, did die last night. Eventually, he finally died. Oh, I was going to add that was the next question. Yeah. Yeah. He got about halfway through Dark Souls 3. He got about halfway through. He's doing three. Um, and then he died to a boss, and then he got about halfway through again, and he died at a very similar yeah. spot. So we played I can't for like eight imagine, hours. I can't imagine going to a Dark Souls game and being like, I'm going to do this without dying. Like, I'm intimidated to do them with dying. Well, honestly, <laughs> it's not just Dark Souls. Playing Destiny like this, you realize, because Dark Souls... Right? Like, Dark Souls is, is like, when you mm-hmm. die, you're like, oh, dang it, I lost my souls. Yeah, I had yeah, to go back. Yeah. You just expect to die in Destiny. You just, mm-hmm. it's like whatever. Mm-hmm. You'll just respawn. You'll do it again. You don't yeah. lose anything, typically. Yeah. But suddenly, not being able to die in Destiny is like, oh, I, I yeah. can't be nearly as brash. I can't be nearly as bold. I have to basically just pick people off from as far away as I possibly can. Certain enemies are way more scary now because they have unpredictable patterns and suddenly they're like destroying you and you're freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a completely different, and I love the game so much that it's it's actually not a big bummer to me to restart it. Yeah. Um, I'm actually having a lot more fun than I possibly could have imagined having fun doing this. It's it's yeah. super satisfying to be as far as I am without having a single death on the character. It's really cool. Yeah, I think it's a it's amazing how how differently one approaches a game when one sees death not as just another option you can do whatever you want yes when there's a legitimate hard fail state i think it's something that you know roguelikes definitely took advantage of and understood something like PUBG. like the way you mm-hmm. play PUBG is so different from the way you play other shooters because you're like okay i can't just run up die and, tr- and you know keep going that's that's the end of the whole this whole scenario yes. and it repopulates and so yeah, that's really, and it's fun to take a game that was not necessarily designed around that and try it with that rule set in mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it helps that's that really it, cool. I, I, I love playing Destiny too, Destiny as well, and mm-hmm. it, it's just so cool to see it in a new light. Um, so yeah. I'm curious, what, what do you think, what game would be the one you would, you would be okay with trying to do that on? A uh, game that I would be like, I can play, like... Play without dying, that would also be interesting to say I play without dying. I'm going to play Mist without dying. Well, okay. <laughs> um. I mean, don't get the bad ending. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Can I remember to not let... Can I remember to not put all the red pages in the book? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let me see. Who? What? I am not really very much of a person who goes back and plays an action-oriented game over and over again, mm-hmm. uh, especially a story-based action-oriented game. I used to do that a lot with, like, 
the stage selects in like Sonic Adventure One and Two. Well, I was thinking Sonic maybe would be a good answer yeah. for you. Yeah, I could see like Sonic Adventure Two managing that. The there's so many glitches gameplay- though. <laughs> That's a really good point. Um, Sonic Adventure Two is a lot less glitchy than Sonic Adventure One. True, I'd be a lot more hesitant to do that in Sonic Adventure One. But yeah, I'm gonna go with the original Sonic Adventure Two. I probably have played. I mean, it's some of the bosses could actually be pretty annoying um mm-hmm. but i played like most of the levels in that game hundreds and hundreds of times right that's the idea right really is that you know it equivalent. so well yeah i would be fascinated to go back to that and boot that up and see like how far i get how far do i get for that? yeah i'd be curious to see no as idea. well we're, we're kind of turning into a competition a little bit where it's like yeah the first person to the first person to to win uh gets a, i think we decided on like a ten dollar gift from the other two um so um yeah yeah i'd be curious to see how well you would do too it it it, it adds mm-hmm. a completely new layer of like oh man i gotta right. really be careful now and that was the problem with evan was at first he was playing he was playing what he thought was safe um mm-hmm. and then I, I was watching we were we were all streaming to each other too so we could watch each other and i was watching him and i'm like evan you died right there because you rolled backwards in a place you weren't sure where you were going and he's like oh yeah i guess that's true i'm like yeah you play way safer and when he started to play way safer he started to get farther and farther and farther. And I was like, yeah, you just have to get into a mindset of play safer yeah. than what you even think is playing safe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're so conditioned to not play safe mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. <laughs> like even Dark Souls notice this really brutal game has the bonfire system. And so once you're OK with losing your souls, you really don't have to play safe if you don't want. To. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, do you have like what do you think your second choice game would be if it wasn't? Destiny. Resident Evil 4. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I know I can do that. I'm 100% positive I could do that. Um, it would be hard, yeah. especially if they didn't. I suppose. Okay. You know what? I should take that back. If it was not New Game Plus, <laughs> mm-hmm. it would be a lot harder. That game gets really tough, especially right. without some um some overpowered weapons. Um, right. But if I had New Game Plus, dude, that would be like I could do that in two hours and not die once. It would be great. <laughs> rocket launcher. Uh, rocket launcher and uh, Thompson. Yeah. Infinite minigun, basically. Right yeah yep. yeah 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 is there a, like a recent game that you've played like you know, we'll say they came out in the last 10 years that you play through over and over again i guess destiny i did you play through the campaign of that over and over not really no um okay. i well funnily enough i also did a little bit of i dabbled in speed running resident evil 7 um mm. i play i beat that game maybe five or six times in a row um yeah and it's only like a two and a half hour game when you know what you're doing so it wasn't too big of a right. time investment but um uh not really i suppose yeah. um unless unless you count games i just played a lot right like but that like ongoing games like satisfactory or something or factorio yeah but that's yeah not quite the same games thing. aren't like it's it's a smaller and smaller subsection of games that are replayable in that sense. Yeah. Of just it is a contained thing that you do the same thing and over and over again. A lot of them are roguelikes where it becomes randomized. Yeah, that doesn't count either. I don't services. think you know. Yeah. 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 I don't Absolutely. know. Um, I, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. I, there's probably something yeah. that I'm not remembering. Um, I don't know. What about you? Right. No, I don't think it's like I said, it's not really a type of game that I do that a lot with like mm-hmm. i could have seen doing that with the original arkham asylum if i got really into it um it's a fairly contained game yeah but I yeah think that, a lot of games are just the mm-hmm. challenge or the, not the challenge but the fun of that i think is you find a game you really like right um and well the fun right. for me anyways 
is that you 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 optimize um not so much like a no death run but like just getting beating it faster and quicker so like with resident evil 4 the reason i liked that game so much or the reason i replayed that game so much is because i liked it and even starting from brand new new some brand new game right. with no extra weapons you can get so much better at that game and and yeah. and not get hit ever and not die ever and right. and make it through so quickly and you know what to avoid and you know what not to avoid and you know exactly where the puzzles are and you you memorize yeah. patterns of the enemies and it becomes it's it's basically a speed run um yeah and that's where the fun for me comes into replaying games like that games that don't inherently mm-hmm. have replayability like story driven you know action games the replayability comes from making your own challenge of like i can be i can do this faster yeah. i can do this better i can i can do it what about sonic yeah. games for you like sonic generations right absolutely sonic generations that's why i went to sonic adventure one and two mm-hmm. first um sonic adventure two we actually got all a ranks in which oof, isn't there an s rank in that game the knuckles levels oh what isn't there s rank in that game not in sonic adventure two oh, okay future sonic adventure games yeah or sonic games but not sonic adventure 2 gotcha yeah so that that was ridiculous because there are like five permutations of every level and then you had to get a ranks on all of those and then also all the dumb knuckles levels and Ugh. yeah that was that was ridiculous but a long long effort uh but yeah no i totally know what you mean but like a lot of my favorite games are there are a few like that but a lot of them are like adventure games and so like outer wilds that's i mean you can speed run it and play it over and over but it's kind of the discovery. Something like Outer Wilds and Mist are very much discovery. Dude, Mist speedruns are cool, mm-hmm. honestly, dude. You should look into that. Right. Um, Mist speedruns? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm <laughs> serious. You can beat Mist in like two minutes. Oh, yeah. Same with like Morrowind if you like get it. No, I'm not saying speedrunning doesn't exist for these games. That's right. That's but absolutely the true. only point I was trying to make is that's where the fun in those kind of games comes from for right. replayability is 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 the speed yeah. run. It's like, oh, my gosh, yeah. I, f- I figured out how I can beat Mist in two minutes. So click, 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 right. click, click, click. I did it. Yes, there you know that uh-huh. that's where the fun comes from. I, I get that they're not generally right. considered like good yeah. for replayability like that. But like yeah. I, I can see where people make fun and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And people do that a lot in, like Ocarina ocarina of time that sort of thing um one game that i actually would really enjoy doing that you know go through the whole thing as quickly as you can it wouldn't be like super hard to not die in but uh shadow of the colossus i, I was thinking I that. that yeah i that would be one of the ones i would choose i, I know it pretty know. darn well i don't know if i would i see see the funny thing is i don't actually know shadow of the colossus super well mm-hmm. i've only beaten it twice and i've only played it through yeah. played through a significant portion of it maybe like four times so those last like five mm. colossi i don't even yeah have any idea those are the harder ones to remember yeah sure. um yeah the first like five lot. i'm probably totally good on i could probably do blindfolded but yeah. I, I never yeah. i never we played that game a massive amount and i didn't actually even finish it when i got the um the rematch yeah. the remake recently. yeah it took us a long time to go back to that and finish yeah. it yep 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 so something i'm curious about this is something steven and i've been talking about uh a lot recently is like if you were to look at your favorite games, both current and over the time, like mm-hmm. what would you say? We'll say like are the top three things you're you're going to to games for. Like, mm-hmm. is it is it do you tend to find you're going there to relax? Are you going there for a story? Are you going there for really like complicated strategy to learn? Mm-hmm. Like, how would you define like what is most important to you about games that is kind of like a commonality between your favorites? Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I was actually thinking about that recently because I was running through the game, the game pass list of games trying to find something to yeah. do. And I realized that so many games look appealing at first glance and I realized yes. I'm not interested in them. Um, well, something I definitely realized is I, I love games of all types, but that isn't just because I love all games. It means that I think what I'm looking for 
is across a broad spectrum of games, but it's very likely that if I play a game, I will not be interested in it. Yes. Like, there are lots and lots of games. Yes. Like mm-hmm. um, and so to answer your question, I think one of the biggest things I like um, in general, I think right now my mind is a little more focused on what I like, but the general thing that I love is mm-hmm. uh, story. Um, okay. So like Last of Us um right. stuff like that stuff that's very like i don't even like the gameplay in last of us really it's fine it's whatever <laughs> who cares yeah. but i love this or or like death stranding um right. and so if a game has a really really cool story i almost don't even care what the gameplay is i will mm-hmm. play the game Wolf among us uh, yeah exactly yeah exactly exactly mm-hmm. um and so mm-hmm. you can almost give me any garbage game that has an amazing yeah. story and i will still play it because i love story right. that much um yeah but more recently, what I've found is that I really like progression. Um, mm, and I don't mean that's like an interesting choice. gotcha games where it's like, I leveled, I, I yeah. leveled up one level and now my character is 0.03% better. I mean like, right. like Des- the Destiny, the looter shooter yeah. kind of game where you, you, you mm-hmm. slowly grow in power and yeah. you get better equipment and you earn better equipment and you get better rewards. I, right. I really, really, really like, I don't, and, I, and, I, and you know, there's a, there's a, there's a distinction because I was struggling with this as well because I would pick up an RPG and I would play mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, this isn't hitting that same spot for me. And like Final Fantasy right. VII, yeah. there's something different between an RPG where you you fight battles, you level up, and you unlock abilities than there is with games like Destiny or Borderlands where you fight and you get loot and that gives mm-hmm. you better stats. I don't know what the difference is and I've been actually struggling yeah. with this for a while because RPGs do yeah. not hit that same... Uh, like Diablo does, but like Diablo, Diablo kind does. of invented the loot RPG. Yeah, and I don't, I can't figure out what the difference is because in theory, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII is similar. You fight battles, right. you get experience, you level up, and you get new cool abilities. But I don't yeah. like it as much as Diablo or Destiny, where you get new yeah. items and you level up yeah. and stuff. I don't know what the distinction right. is, but I've been trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, that's so interesting. So progression, uh, story, would you say there's a third one? Um, I have one, I think, for you, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. Well, so I'm curious if you have another thing. Not really that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, obviously, I have specific types of gameplay that I like. Um, right. But I don't I don't typically. Oh, Animal Crossing hits that same progression thing for me, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, that's interesting. But I goal oriented might be the other way of putting that as well mm. honestly is like yeah but having a goal having a goal even if it's my own created goal like animal crossing doesn't have a goal yeah. but my goal for this week in animal crossing was rearrange my flowers in a way in a way that makes right. more sense or even it's, like in heroes you'll be like okay i want to learn this hero yeah and you kind of run out of that goal you're you're left a little aimless exactly um yeah, I, I, but yeah, I guess we're not really talking about like gameplay, like um, no, and so not like I like cheaters, or, right? Yeah, so I think that's all I can yeah. think of. What was the one you thought okay. for me? Uh, I something I've noticed that's super important to you is like the feel of a game, mm-hmm. and by that I mean just like game feel that just nails it, like actually controlling it one to one just has like impact and punch to it, like Diablo versus other games in the genre, Celeste versus other platformers. Like, do you a platformer is ruined if they just don't have? that feel controlling the character just actually feels good so that's something that i thought of for you but yeah that's that's fair i mean like you think about something like breath of the wild versus assassin's creed um Mm -hmm. breath of the wild controls and feels amazing um whereas assassin's creed feels like you're controlling muddy uh, muddy and and like you're going through sludge and there's like it's this so weird delay and yeah, yeah animation priority and yeah steven and i experienced that when we tried the new spider-man game recently yeah no exactly um, yeah even though it's fluid 
Spider-Man 2 was so much better because it kind of gave you direct control of the character, uh-huh. which is one back from the Xbox. Well, this one's like, you hold R2, everything will happen. And so, like, Steven was watching me play, and he's like, that looks like it could be super fun. And then he played it, and he's like, oh. I'm just I'm just pressing a button. Yeah. Yeah. Even like the even like the like they made it so you can never actually like crash in that game. Yep. I don't like it. Don't like that. at all. There was a great game makers toolkit video on that, which Mm. has become one of my favorite YouTube channels. Oh, that was the guy. I I mentioned that guy to you, didn't I? You showed me his stuff and I've been watching it since. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. uh, I'm glad you like lots of stuff. He's a really, really cool. Yeah, he's he's, anyone who likes game design and stuff. Go watch his channel. Yes. Game makers. His name is Mark Brown. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, but what so about yeah. you? It's funny because our, our mind would be like very different. And what kind of prompted this is we were playing um, some uh, Chrono Trigger. Um, oh. Just Stephen was mentioning, like, I want to see if we can enjoy an old JRPG. Did you? And we didn't. Okay. Uh, and so we were really thinking, like, <laughs> why? Why are JRPGs so off-putting to us? Yet we love so many Western RPGs so much. Mm-hmm. Like. They're both called RPGs, yet the likelihood of us enjoying one and enjoying another is like astronomically different. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we were thinking a lot about game design and kind of some of the things that really uh, stood out for me. And it's so interesting to hear that they're they're basically not on your list. I would say the top three for me. Number one is um, exploration. So Mm -hmm. like the feel of exploring a world, something like Skyrim, something like... um, uh, Shadow of the Colossus, something mm-hmm. something like that. That idea of I'm going into Outer Wilds, I'm going into a world and I get to go anywhere I want has just captivated my imagination from when I first started playing games. And so like that's like huge for me. Breath of the Wild compared to Breath of the Wild is a perfect example that I think everyone enjoys. And so if I want to explain to someone why I enjoy exploration, I can kind of just point to Breath of the Wild and say like, yeah, if you don't like that game, then you probably don't share my love for exploration in games, which I know people who don't like Zach, who are like, eh. It's fine. Probably my least favorite Zelda. It's boring. And I'm like, well, then you definitely do not share my love of exploration in games. Yes. Um, yes. Which is fair. Not it, it. And it's funny when I think about these to realize that my tastes in games are not universal. Like what makes a good game for me is actually very different mm-hmm. from other people. Yeah. Um, so anyway, and I think that's, for example, a lot of JRPGs, not really their priority. Um, I, I actually learned that recently when I replayed Final Fantasy VIII. Mm-hmm. Because you know you have an overworld map and you have a lot of side quests and things to do, but yep. I realized that it's so gated. It's just go there and then go yep. there and then go there yep. and then go there. There's mm-hmm. no exploration at all. It's which, extremely guided. It's like the veneer of exploration. But yeah, there's, there's no actual exploration beneath it. Which again, if you're there for the story and you're there for the leveling up and stuff, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. But anyway, my other, the rest of my list, I think the second thing I would put on there is. Um, and this one's a little harder to describe, but like uh, agency, like interesting choices asked of the player. So this could be something mm-hmm. creative, like I get to decorate my house in Animal Crossing, or it could be something like I get to build my deck in Hearthstone, or mm-hmm. it gets to be like um, you get to completely customize your your character. So that actually in, sounds uh, more like pers- personalized, not not, not, yeah. not personalized, but like you want to create something in the game. Yes. And it could be like you get to choose the story branches in a Bioware game or it could be you Mm -hmm. get to create a world in Minecraft or uh, and it's also like player trust is like we trust you as the player to figure this out. We're not just going to tell you how to do it. So in my opinion, like Skyward Sword was an example of a Zelda game taking away agency like crazy. And I'm like, I can't play this. It's giving me no agency. It's giving me no control. Sucks. (laughs) Um, So, yes, agency exploration can kind of go hand in hand, but I find they're a little bit different because even a game that it can give you a sense of exploration without giving you that much agency like a like shadow of the colossus it's mm-hmm. like there's not that much 
many decisions to make, but I still feel like, oh my gosh, they crafted that world so well that I feel like I'm in it and exploring it. Yes. So, um, and then the third one for me that's super important is uh, learning, actually. This is why I love games like Prismata and Hearthstone. It's like, give me a system to master and learn mm-hmm. with interesting rules that actually challenge my thinking, and I will be hooked for mm-hmm. a very long time. And so a game, for example, like the original Dragon Quest that you can just press one button and kill monsters, there's no learning. It's just like I'm w- waiting or mm-hmm. like, you know, leveling in modern WoW. It's like I'm not really learning anything. I'm just kind of idling my time. I have a hard time getting into. But if uh, the system's well designed in the sense that it challenges me and makes me want to learn, then that's another big thing. And a game that can get all three of those, I will be playing for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what's interesting is that all three of those things you mentioned mm-hmm. Are things that, of course, I I, I value very much. They're not not just right. like I only like these two things. And that's it. But yeah, of course, right. yeah, same with yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But what's interesting is that as you were describing them, I realized that oh, I, I was saying to myself, oh, I agree with that. Oh, I agree with that. Maybe that is my choice. But then I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? No, it's not. Because yeah. even yep. if a game like what was the second thing you said specifically? Um. Uh, agency. Agency. There was there was some games I was trying on Game Pass that had that agency of like you yeah. can do this and you can craft this and and you have to build your own thing to yeah. to do to make it work. And I was like, this is cool. I'm gonna like this. And then when I sat down, it didn't have the progression that I liked. And I was like, cool. Yeah. I don't want to play this anymore. So all yep. the things you mentioned yep. are amazing to me. But they yeah. they I will not play the game that has any of those things if they don't have a cool story beat or they have yep. good progression. So that's exactly. really cool. That's really cool. That and we I kind of had different... a similar thing with the things you mentioned where like you noticed story did not make it on my list. And I realized stories very rarely a reason I will play the game. Mm-hmm. It kind of needs to fit into other components like exploration agency that then this story will really hook me. And it's not like I won't play a game that doesn't have those. Oh, yeah. We're not, this we're came not from being... analyzing like what are my favorite games of all time that I go back to as a classic. And they tend to have this in common. Mist, Morrowind, Shadow of the Colossus, Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild, Outer Wilds. Those are all games very heavy on agency, on exploration. Like, it was really fun to do and kind of realize these, like... And it also helped me, like, get less frustrated where I'm, like, playing a game. I'm like, why is this game bad? And it's like, no, step away from that for a second. (laughs) The game isn't delivering what you're looking for from games. It doesn't mean it's bad. Um, Sometimes it can be bad. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't mean that it's bad. Often it can mean that what you're looking for isn't being fulfilled and that that's coming out as frustration. Because you're like, why am I not getting the thing I want? And it's like, oh... Because it was never trying to give you that. Mm-hmm. You're like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole at some point, which um, is probably similar. Like I had friends who went to Breath of the Wild and they're like, where's the classic Zelda melodies and the classic Zelda story and the Zelda dungeons? And it's not here. And so this game is making me sad and frustrated. While my experience with it was like 180 degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so but you but you like Fire Emblem games, right? I do. So it's some. So well, <laughs> um, so how how does Fire Emblem a, a, a JRPG an SR an yeah. SJRPG but a JRPG uh, how yeah. does that ch- check boxes that other JRPGs don't? Learning the strategy mechanics the strategy. I think are actually very good. Okay, it's like chess, so it keeps me hooked in a way that uh, like a Dragon Quest style combat system won't because I actually find the strategy hits that learning also they tend to be very customizable mm-hmm. like there's lots of choices to make of how you equip your party and who you bring on your party and the stakes are a lot higher they ask a lot more of the player and i think the systems are a lot more in depth which funnily enough is why zach doesn't like them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he says they're hard and frustrate him and i'm like yeah if you're I mean, not that's... looking for a game that creates an, a problem for you to have to solve then that would be annoying that would hold you back from the stuff that he cares about like story because mm-hmm. you're you're gated by having to solve the chess puzzles so here's an interesting question for you then 
Yeah. A lot of JRPGs, I would say, like, the majority of them, um, and this is speaking from somebody who's not a huge JRPG fan, but has played a decent yeah. amount, so I'm sorry, Zach, if I get something stupid wrong here, but right. most JRPGs start off really easy and dumb and stupid. Um, yeah. And it's like, you know, just like you said, I'm waiting, I'm pressing A right. to attack, I'm waiting, maybe I'll use a magic spell or a mana spell. Um, yeah. But, like, for example, in Final Fantasy VIII, mm-hmm. the strategy towards the end of the game came right. from how... I set up my characters. It came mm-hmm. from the junction system. Um, right. And I think, you know, the strategy in SRPGs and Fire Emblem is the positioning and what unit fights when and who to yeah. attack with and who to, who to fight against. The, the right. strategy in JRPGs is what spell do I cast or, or what's no, mm-hmm. not, not what spell I cast, but like, okay, well, again, I only know the junction system for JRPGs right, right this right. very second, but like, sure. who, do, who do I who do I combine this magic with to make the best spell? Who What, what mm-hmm. guardian force do I combine? And so the strategy turns into, like, menu strategy in a way. Yes. Have you gotten yeah. far enough in JRPGs to make that matter? Yeah, the few that I've gotten far enough in, like Tales of Vesperia, um, I'm trying to think of other ones that I got that far in. Um, most Final Fantasies, I couldn't make it super far in. Mm-hmm. Um... There are some JRPGs I like, like the Mario series, but that's for f- whole other reasons. Uh-huh. I would say that typically when I, I'll use Vesperia as the example, they've stacked so many systems on top of each other that I find at some point I can just exploit and brute my force my way through it where I never feel like the systems. It's so rare for to create an encounter where you haven't grinded your way out of it, but it's not also impossible because you haven't grinded enough where it's worth using the systems that you couldn't beat in a way where it's just button mashing or exploiting it. I find that that sweet spot i find rare in the jrpgs i've played and mm-hmm. they also take so long to get there mm-hmm. so yeah i tend to find that it just doesn't doesn't work but it sounds like if it did it might be fun though yeah i think it can be fun sometimes i just think that because jrpgs focus so much on story especially after final fantasy um that a lot of the time interesting choices and stuff like you said are gated after so many hours where i assume what's supposed to be interesting is the story um and it's so late in the game and i also feel like they've taken the same basic mechanics and layered it's what i'd like to call the pokemon problem they've taken a fairly simple idea and their idea of increasing complexity was just layering system on top of system on top of Mm -hmm. system on top of system and i feel like often the the fundamentals beneath it aren't strong enough to support all of those systems on top of it to where it's feels like it's either overwhelming easily exploitable or both from the ones i've played so it's possible I don't understand the systems, and that's why they're not fun to me, but it's rare for me to find one where the systems, like, click yeah, as something yeah. that, like, engages me in that way. You know what you should play? What's that? I think you should play Final Fantasy Twelve. Have you played that? That's the one that Stephen and I are like, we haven't tried that one, but I think we might enjoy it. Yeah, so Final Fantasy XII has this crazy thing, and, and if you ask the general populace, they'll go, yeah. oh, that's the one that just plays itself, right? Mm. And the answer is yes. Because what, <laughs> what, how that game works is it's a it's you it, the gambit is basically programming. You basically hmm. literally oh. program your characters to do things. Right. Um. And I from what I've heard, and now I haven't played much of Final Fantasy twelve, but from what I've heard from people who actually care about the series, um, <laughs> they say that it starts right. off fairly easy like normal JRPGs. But then very quickly, and especially in the remaster version, it gets pretty hard if you don't use the gambit system correctly. Right. Um, and it literally is like programming. It's, okay, this hmm. character, if attacked, do this, 
and then this. If defends, if defending versus this type of monster, do this instead. But if 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 attacking versus this type of boss creature, do this to this right. party member, and then do this to that party member. It's very much yeah. like programming in that sense. And it sounds like it might actually be if it can keep. No, I I agree with everything you just said. The difficulty yeah. spikes and or difficulty not spikes, whatever the valleys. Right. Um are so hard to predict in, in JRPGs because you're right, you almost are always overleveled and brute forcing everything or you're underleveled and have to go back and grind garbage. Um, yeah. So Final Fantasy XII might be the same way. I honestly don't know. But from what everybody sure. says, yeah. it seems like a really, it's one people often quote it as the coolest Final Fantasy battle system. Yeah. Um, and it sounds really fun, honestly. Um, yeah. So that might be something to I'm look into. Yeah. I also like that it's kind of from a different person. It's from the guy who did Final Fantasy Tactics. And yes. he just kind of has a different perspective on everything, created a different world. It, it's intrigued me a lot as someone who is not particularly a fan of any of Final Fantasies except the first one mm-hmm. um, I would, that I've played. I haven't played it like I haven't gotten far into any of them. But yeah, there are some JRPGs I've enjoyed. Dark Cloud 2. Um, I enjoyed the original Final Fantasy, um, the Paper Mario ones. I find the ones that I tend to enjoy the most are ones that kind of went back to to basics. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls is actually technically a JRPG, um, though uh, it's of, not. A, it really went back to basics. It's not an RPG in the in the in the spirit right. of the term, <laughs> right? The same way that like East and Zelda also are like kind of offshoots. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's rare I feel for like me the to spirit enjoy of of the term RPG yeah. is turn based combat, isn't it? Yeah, it really all came out of Dragon Quest. Like, yeah. if you're something similar to Dragon Quest, you're a JRPG, and I probably won't enjoy playing you, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. That's It's one of the genres that, going back to kind of what we were talking about, I don't find that they do particularly well on agency or exploration. Yes. Um, and uh, learning is hit or miss. And right, more but often the agency, I would say, comes from the battle systems for sure, but like, but again, yes. I think the the fatal flaw is that there's always something that's overpowered that you can brute force everything, yes. or you have to grind way too much to get to that point. Um, yep. So I don't know. I what think the my number one game in terms of taking the not not getting away from it and creating something that I thought was fun, like the Paper Mario games, but taking those core systems and delivering them away that I found engaging for a long period of time. Pokemon, the original yes. Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't that know why. That to me really... is the best JRPG, um, like in a traditional sense, mm-hmm. because like it let the story take a backseat. It wasn't. Yep shoving store uh a linear story down my throat that i typically don't enjoy in jrpgs and it like it took those very simple menu-based combat systems but it made it all about like learning about the monsters and the world and they 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 didn't just layer abstract systems on top of it it made sense that like grass would beat water and fire would beat grass <laughs> and then they created all these interesting creature designs and assigned them the different powers and you found them in certain areas of the world and it found a way to like take all those abstract concepts and fit them together and it made that way that made cohesive sense with the world and then let you explore that and learn it kind of at your own pace i just think it was a very brilliant idea in general you know what's funny though is that i never played pokemon games correctly i i understand one i i always just had my starter at level 50 hundred and just murdered everything it's like oh i have bulbasaur we're coming up to electric gym might be hard no he's an i he's a venusaur level 60 uh i can just one shot everything no matter what um but I still enjoyed that. The funny thing was, I, I still played the crap out of Pokemon games when I was young, and I always did that. I never played a Pokemon game like you're supposed to, ever. Not once. And I've played, jeesh, red, gold, ruby, 
emerald white uh sun i've played all the games i play with one pokemon who i level up mega mega level up and nothing else um but i still enjoy that it's still a lot of fun it's it's still like you still have to sort of like because what it turns into is like when you fight something that actually challenges you you have to swap in another pokemon to take the hits while you revive your original one and it kind of turns into this like this game of chicken almost uh, for the really hard stuff. Yeah. So I think one of the interesting things is like um, you were kind of able to create your own strategy out of the tools they gave you. Mm-hmm. And I think that was an interesting strategy to go with. Um, but like, what do you what do you think were I guess you were explaining what you find fun about the Pokemon games. And it's obviously not the collection aspect. No, I couldn't care about the collection. Um, and honestly, that's why I haven't played Pokemon as much recently, because what I cared about was um the challenge of fighting bad guys that was basically mm-hmm. it I, I loved for to me it was empowering to to see a a a a, a route of a route of you know 15 trainers and just be like bulldoze my way through right. with the one pokemon um and but in later games they're like they're upping the story and they're upping yeah. the the exploration and they're upping the number of creatures and i'm like this is not what yeah. i find fun i just want to fight people with my pokemon yeah. and i want it to be hard too. That, yeah you loved that sense of progression <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it was progression it, it was spot for some reason for it him. was i think i finished pokemon yellow i had a pikachu mm-hmm. on, no it was pokemon red i, I got because i was mad i didn't have yellow i had red so I, I i dropped my starter and got a pikachu and he was level mm-hmm. 89 by the time i fin- finished the elite four um, wow and i just remember that that was still hard though because like yeah. you know the level 60 lapras or whoever you know would almost kill my, my pikachu so i would have to swap him out with somebody else heal my pikachu uh, revive him if he died <laughs> put him back in the other pokemon would be dead so yeah. i have to like either use I, I usually had a team of six and the other five were just like a rattata um and so it was it was it, it definitely was a completely different kind of challenge but i still just loved it um but right. the, uh, the most recent games just completely move away from that. They're they're like they yeah. ex- experience share and yeah. and um you know sometimes um th- they've made it so that critical hits against against the proper types does way more damage, so it would be harder to use one Pokemon yeah. the entire time. And they've just they they've ruined my playstyle. I suppose that's maybe why I haven't yeah. touched Pokemon much recently. Yeah, Pokemon like I alluded to earlier, they just kept layering system after system after system mm-hmm. on top of it and i feel they they need to do a breath of the wild level yes rehaul of that series and have needed to for about a decade um yep ever since honestly ever like, since uh black and yeah. white that was the time where i was like cool this sucks now yeah. i hate this yeah. because they really they really haven't actually overhauled i haven't played the most recent one but it doesn't sound like it's they not overhauled overhaul. the fundamentals of how that series works since nope. literally the game boy <laughs> yep the first one um so out of curiosity last last question on this whole topic um so you mentioned story and uh, progression. How would you fit? I, I kind of see how like Destiny and Half-Life would fit into there. How would you say like your other favorite games like Mario World and Resident Evil 4? Are those offering you story and progression? Or do you think there's something else about those games that just put them over the top? as like all time um, games for you. Resident Evil 4 had the progression for sure. Um, yeah. Because, because when you're playing it for the first time or when you're playing it in a new game, I should say, mm-hmm. that game is hard because... You have right. crap weapons, you have no ammo, um, and over time, the whole point of that game for me with the progression is like, okay, I have enough money, I can buy, I can buy the red nine pistol, um, but that, but would I, I, I do want the black tail later, 
Um, so I should buy the red nine now, and I can sell it for a little bit of a loss, and I can pick up the black nine. But I, I I'm gonna keep right. the, I'm gonna keep the single shot sniper rifle. I don't need the automatic sniper rifle. That doesn't help me. I'll, I'll upgrade the single shot because you upgrade weapons too, you know. Right. And it, and then inventory management. Okay, I have a ton of grenades. I have some health. My inventory is really small right now though, and the, the sniper rifle doesn't fit. And so, oh, what do I do? You know, it right. it, it actually becomes a, a micromanaging item game um mm-hmm. because it's like i have no ammo um i need to hold these grenades i don't have any more healing items and that's why i hated how the new resident evils did them i hate yeah. resident evil 5's inventory system it ruins right. it almost ruined the entire game for me the game is fine but the inventory system was so dumpster i couldn't even believe what i was looking at the resident evil 4 the the cache system or the cache system i love it it's gorgeous because not only is it cool to, to work around and use a sniper rifle is huge, but in Resident Evil 5, yeah. a sniper is the same exact size as the green herb in their eyes yeah, because you have yeah, six yeah, yeah, slots yeah. and they, one thing goes in a slot. I hate it. I, right. I would kill for them to put Resident Evil 4's uh, inventory system back in a game. It was so good. Oh, it's not in 7? No, it's the same oh. as Resident Evil 5 and 6. It's the stupid... Oh, I had no idea. Six slots. Yeah, I hate it. I forgot. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So it sounds like, yeah, it really does It still has the progression, progression, yeah. And, but Mario mm-hmm. World... That is just a fun it might game. Just be too well designed. Yeah, yeah. kind of the same way. I'm like, you know, it doesn't really hit my stuff, but it, it it's still just a good. Game. I, I, it it's... probably goes into what you mentioned for me was was the game feel. Running yeah. through that mission and uh, running through a level in that game and being like, doing, 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 goal. Yeah. I did it because I know it's similar to Sonic in the sense that if yeah. Sonic was good, um, the, the speed run progression right. of being able to know exactly what the level is yep. and hitting all the jumps properly, that's kind of where it comes for me. Just there. perfectly designed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's Nintendo's, yeah, Nintendo's pretty darn good at the whole making games thing. Like, yeah. Almost every Nintendo game's going to have that incredible game feel. Yep. yep. Just, even the bad uh, games, it, even Skyward Sword. Yeah. Was, it was fun yeah. to fight, game, fight people Still in that game sometimes. Still to interact with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even if it... Even if everything else literally... Even if you could only interact with it like once every hour. Like the boss fight, the sword boss fight versus the sword guy in the beginning of the game. I forget what his name was. That was some of the most fun I've ever had in a Zelda game. Until Breath of the Wild ruined everything. Um, (laughs) But but then the rest of that game is, of course, you know, the most miserable experience of my entire life. Yeah, I am not someone who would champion Breath of the Wild. Um, Oh. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, Poof. Well, we're at an hour and 14 minutes. We could keep yeah, on that talking. Yeah, I probably need to head out, but I really, really enjoyed that. It was really cool getting your perspective on games, especially because, like I said, Steven and I have been talking about that a lot recently, and it's fun to hear, like, completely different uh, perspective of, like you said, stuff I share, but probably isn't, like, at the fundamental of what I'm looking for from a game. Yeah, um, and when you were explaining it, I was I, I was thinking to myself, oh, this makes sense from what Brian yeah. plays and likes, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to know what Steven's thoughts on that as well are, or if they're similar to yours, or... Basically the same as mine, like... Oh, that's right, you guys are clones, yeah, whatever, what am I talking about? We're extremely similar, we did find a difference, which kind of makes its way into agency, but agency covers both in a certain way, where, like, I really like games that demand me to make, like, strategic decisions, like Mm -hmm. Total War, Fire Emblem, um, like, my love of strategy games falls into that, but he's more into like creativity. So like Minecraft or something like that. That makes so much longer. sense. Yeah. So yeah, I'm again, I'm, it goes back to, I liked math more and he liked writing more when we were growing up in mm-hmm. terms of like where we'd fall on that scale. So yeah, yeah it makes tons of sense like, thinking about it. That's our big difference. And that's why to relax, he'll go and play Minecraft. But for me to relax, I'll go and play a strategy game because I'm weird <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, but also that, that discussion about progression makes sense. Why it's just so frustrating for you to spin your wheels in here and be in the same league or rank for you know 
a year. Yeah. It's like, I am making no progression. Like, I am watching my numbers go up and down infinitely. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels miserable. like it's out of my control. Yep. It doesn't even matter how much input I put in, I won't make progress. Yeah. And, and that's why, honestly, that Runeterra has been so cool versus Hearthstone is mm. like, the progression of Runeterra is wild. It's yep. like, here's, here's a thousand cards, here's a thousand more. Would you like some more yeah. thousand cards? And Hearthstone is like, <laughs> here's, yeah, right. Here's a little gold. You can open one pack. You can have Bye. this pre-made deck. Have a good life. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah. okay. No, you're super right. You're super right. Runeterra has an incredible feeling of progression. They really nail that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hear they're adding like three modes to that game. Yeah, they're adding they're adding a brawl, like a regular, you know, mm-hmm. what a brawl is. Mm-hmm. They're adding a... Mm-hmm. Um, a a challenge mode that makes basically you build a deck it's some, similar to expedition except you build a deck and then slowly cards are taking away from you and it makes it harder oh, and harder and harder that is cool yeah um i like that i don't remember what the third mode was um yeah and Events then or something i think yeah yeah and and then they're also adding a new theme i think uh Ooh. in two months so it's kind of cool. nice yeah going hard very cool well thank you Cameron we did it we managed to have a conversation we did we're pretty good at having a conversation yeah <laughs> that we are thank you everyone for listening thank you Cameron for showing up you're thank welcome you everyone for not showing up you're welcome this conversation wouldn't have been possible with you so <laughs> I mean you know what you're technically right yeah. if someone else had been yeah, here we would have had none of that conversation never would have yeah. happened yeah, yeah. Okay. so so screw you everybody else <laughs> bye that that's the long and short of it bye I'm, everyone I'm jo- see jo- you next month I'm joking I love you guys sorry <laughs> bye bye